Welcome to the Master the Prophetic Audio Experience. Your host, Apostle John Eckhart, is an international best-selling author, the founder of Impact University, and pastor of Crusaders Church in Chicago. With over 40 years of ministry work in the areas of prophecy and deliverance, John Eckhart is called to impart and activate the gifts of the Spirit in order to raise up strong ministries in the body of Christ. Wherever you're tuning in from, blessings as you receive in this episode of the Master the Prophetic Audio Experience. One of my visions is to see every church come into a greater understanding of the prophetic. Now, I know that many churches may never embrace the prophetic. Some may not believe in it. Some pastors may not activate and release their people to flow on the prophetic. But I am determined to minister on this subject in order to get people stirred uh, get them moving because I believe it's the will of God for every believer to prophesy on some level, and that includes you. So, if you have been prophesying, I want to encourage you to go deeper. If you never prophesied, I want you to stay tuned. Uh, I believe we're going to get you moving in that direction. If you've drawn away from the prophetic because of persecution or a fear, I want to get you back into it because this ministry was designed by God to be a blessing to the nations of the world. Um, one of the things I like to talk about in sharing on the prophetic is to begin in the Old Testament. And of course, the, there are many references to prophets and prophecy in the Old Testament. But I want to begin with Moses because we know that Moses was a prophet. And in the book of Numbers, it gives us a very interesting story of Moses complaining to God about the, the work of ministry being so overwhelming until he asked God literally to kill him. And God, of course, did not answer that request, but told him, I'm going to take the spirit that's on you and I'm going to put it on the 70 elders that you choose, and they are going to bear the burden of ministry. And so God told Moses to gather all the, the 70 elders that he chose. God took the spirit that was upon Moses and put it upon the 70 elders, and they all began to prophesy. To my knowledge, it's the largest number of people recorded in the Old Testament that prophesied at one time, 70 people prophesying at the same time. Two individuals that Moses selected to be a part of the 70 were not at that time in the camp. And I want to read the, the scriptures to you. And if you want to follow me, just go to Numbers chapter 11, verses 25 through 29. Numbers 11, 25 through 29. I'm going to read these verses to you. It says, And the Lord came down on a cloud and spake unto him and took of the spirit that was upon him and gave it unto the 70 elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad and the name of the other Medad. And the spirit rested upon them and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle and they prophesied in the camp. So they, so they weren't at the tabernacle where they were supposed to be gathered, but they were in the camp. Originally I said they were outside the camp. They were in the camp, but they were not at the tabernacle. Verse 27, this is Numbers chapter 11. And there ran a young man and told Moses and said, Eldad and me, dad, do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered and said, my Lord Moses forbid them. And Moses said unto him, envious thou for my sake. In other words, don't be jealous for my sake. Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Now, I want you to notice 
the words of Moses. He said, don't be jealous or envious for my sake. Speaking to Joshua, would that all of the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Now, what an amazing statement. Moses is essentially saying, Joshua, I am not trying to be the only one that prophesies. I'm not here to uh, be defending my position as the leader. You don't have to be jealous or envious because others are prophesying. I would that all of the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And, and I believe that is the heart of, should be the heart of every leader, that all of God's people would be prophetic. Now, I know the scripture says prophets, and we know that everyone is not a prophet. So we're not trying to make everyone a prophet. And in, in some teachings we'll do, we'll study the difference between a prophet and those who prophesy. But the, the heart of Moses, I believe, is the heart of God, that God would put his spirit upon all of his people, and all of them would be prophets in the sense that all of them could speak on the behalf of God. Now, uh, we know, of course, in the book of Joel, the prophecy of Joel, that Joel made an amazing prophecy that is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. And if you're a Pentecostal, I'm sure that you, you know this verse. It's in Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That, that took place on the day of Pentecost. And Peter quotes the prophecy of Joel in Acts 2 and 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, Joel was prophesying really what Moses desired. Moses said in the book of Numbers, hundreds of years before Joel came on the scene, he would that all of the Lord's people would be prophets and God would put his spirit upon them. Joel begins to prophesy of the coming of the new covenant when God would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and the sons and daughters would prophesy. And of course, that verse is that prophecy is fulfilled in Acts chapter two. Now, if you're a Pentecostal or you've been raised in a Pentecostal tradition um, and you believe in being baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, you often, of course, uh, believe uh, have been taught that when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will speak in tongues. And it's based, of course, uh, from the book of Acts. And the reason why we call ourselves Pentecostals is because on the day, on the day of Pentecost, they spake in tongues and they were filled with the spirit of God. And throughout the book of Acts, we find in Acts uh, chapter 10 uh, and Acts chapter 19, uh, we find when people received the Holy Spirit that they spoke in tongues. However, uh, being, being Pentecostal myself, having a, a Pentecostal background, the emphasis always, of course, was on the fact that when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you would speak in tongues. And that's what we look for. If you spoke in tongues, you were filled with the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not here to argue about whether or not you have to have tongues to have the Holy Spirit. I know there are different teachings and some believe that you have to speak in tongues and, and some believe that you don't necessarily have to speak in tongues. I'm not here to argue about whether it's, you're Pentecostal or whether you speak in tongues. I'm simply here to show you that on the day of Pentecost, when they spoke in tongues, it's a fulfillment of a prophecy by Joel, which says they shall prophesy. And yet when they spoke in tongues, it's not specifically called prophecy. Now, we know in the book of First uh, Corinthians or the letter of First Corinthians, there is a difference between tongues and prophecy. We have the, the three gifts of, of, of the three vocal gifts, 
are the uh, gifts of speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And it makes a distinction between speaking in tongues and prophesying. It says that he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. And he encourages the Corinthians to desire to prophesy because that's speaking by inspiration in your own language and people can understand it and it can edify, build up, comfort, and exhort the church. And he said, when you speak in tongues, you speak not unto men, but unto God. And of course, if you speak in tongues to men, you should have an interpreter. So there is a difference between speaking in tongues and prophesying. Yet Joel says, uh, in the last days or afterward, I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And in the book of Acts, Peter says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. But yet they spoke in tongues. And so one of the ways I try to explain this is though even though technically speaking in tongues is not prophecy, I believe that speaking in tongues comes under the umbrella of prophecy. And the reason I say that is because speaking in tongues is speaking by inspiration in an, uh, an unknown language or in another language unknown to the speaker. Prophecy is speaking by inspiration in your known language. And so both tongues and prophecy uh, consists of inspired utterance, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, either to speak in, in a language not known to you or speak in your own language, which is prophecy. But it, it's it's all prophetic. One of the definitions of prophecy or prophet uh, is, is the Hebrew word navi or nava, which means an inspired person or speak by inspiration. A prophet in the Old Testament is, is described as an, as an inspired man or an inspired woman. So it's to speak or sing by inspiration. When the Spirit of God inspires you to utter words, uh, it is prophecy. Now think about this. If you speak in tongues, you're speaking by inspiration. Often Pentecostals have limited the baptism of the Holy Spirit to speaking in tongues and often does not have not emphasized prophecy. And one of the things I like to do is to make this statement. I believe it's a important statement that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the doorway into the prophetic realm. And the reason I say that is because if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're already speaking by inspiration if you speak in tongues. And that means that you can also speak in your own language by inspiration. And so if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, you can prophesy. It doesn't make you a prophet. It doesn't even necessarily mean you have the gift of prophecy, but you can prophesy by the Spirit of God. Now, an interesting verse is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit is found in Acts chapter 19 and verse number six. Paul is ministering at Ephesus. He finds 12 disciples who only know the baptism of John. He tells them about Jesus. They, they accept the Lord. And then he lays hands on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says in Acts 19 and 6, when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So here's an example of a group of people being baptized in the Holy Spirit and not only speaking with tongues, but also prophesying. So it shows us that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not limited to speaking in tongues. Mark your calendars. It's not too late to sign up for the 2022 Master the Prophetic Challenge. This year's five-day challenge is titled The Year of the Double. I believe that God is going to return to you double for your losses, your pain, and your sacrifice. In 2022, get ready to be sought out. 
Get ready for people to gather unto you. Get ready for people to come to you from distant places. Get ready for a new favor and a new prosperity to come to your life. We have a prophetic word for you, and that's why we need you to reserve your seat for the five-day Master the Prophetic Challenge, the year of the double. Go to mydoubleyear.com. That's M-Y-D-O-U-B-L-E-Y-E-A-R.com. Now, one thing that one one of the things that I uh, have been grieved about is the fact that we have so many churches and people that call themselves Pentecostals, and 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 I I consider myself a Pentecostal, so I'm not knocking Pentecostalism. Uh, Pentecostalism has blessed has blessed my life, and then there are millions of Pentecostals around the world, uh, and and it's been a tremendous move of God since the Pentecostal outpouring at Azusa Street in the early 20th century, over 100 years ago. But even though there's so many Pentecostal, even charismatic churches, the level of prophecy in many churches is very low. There's, there's very few prophetic utterances, very few corporate prophecies, very few people that prophesy. Uh, they believe in speaking in tongues, but because somehow they've limited the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit to just speaking in tongues and not uh, realize it is the doorway into the prophetic realm. Many of them have never gone beyond speaking in tongues. But it says here in Acts chapter 19 in verse 6, that when Paul laid his hands upon them, they spoke with tongues and prophesied. There was utterance, not only in an unknown language, but also in known their known languages. They spoke by inspiration in both a known tongue and an unknown tongue. And so what that shows me is that you are a spirit-filled believer um, the, the word of, of the Lord that came from the mouth of Moses, God has placed his spirit upon you. He, he would that all of the Lord's people were prophets or prophetic and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Well, what Moses desired in Numbers 11 uh, it came to pass in the book of Acts in Acts chapter two with the outpouring of the spirit of God. And since that time, wherever the spirit of God has been poured out, men and women can now speak by inspiration. God wants every believer to be able to speak by inspiration. And there are many reasons for that because words are so powerful. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that he that, he that prophesies speaks unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. Edify means to build up, exhort means to encourage, and comfort means to bring solace. And looking at the world today, there are millions of people that need edification, exhortation, and comfort through prophetic words and use your inspired utterance to speak life, to speak encouragement, to speak edification, to speak comfort in the lives of people. And I'm telling you, I, I, I've had the privilege of preaching in over 80 nations on five continents. And I can tell you, no matter where you go on this planet, when you begin to prophesy, people begin to be blessed. They begin to respond. They begin to weep. They begin to cry. I've seen people healed, delivered, edified, built up, released, encouraged, impartation, activation, all because of prophetic utterances that I, as a believer, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about being an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I'm talking about being a spirit-filled believer. When you learn how to flow in the prophetic realm and when you prophesy according to the measure or proportion of your faith based on Romans chapter 12, you can be a blessing to multitudes of people. And I've seen this in my ministry in the last 25 years of ministering prophetically. I've seen it in our church. I've seen it with our teams. 
I've seen thousands and thousands of people blessed and, and, and lives changed and transformed by the words that flowed out of our mouth. Jesus said in, in, in John chapter seven, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. That represents life. And he was speaking about the spirit of God. The ability to prophesy is the ability to release life. Remember, Ezekiel was told to prophesy. And when he prophesied, the winds began to blow in Ezekiel 37 and the dead bones began to come alive. What that shows us is that God's word is life. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Words are spiritual containers that carry the life of God. And when you begin to speak God's life-giving word prophetically, it brings life where there's been death and desolation, where there's been hurt and sickness and disease. Uh, it is amazing, the power of prophecy. This is not just for the pastor or the leader of the church. And I like what Moses said in Numbers 11. He said, envious now, not for my sake. Don't be jealous of me. And unfortunately, there are, uh, there's a lot of, well, how can I say this? A lot of envy, jealousy, and competition that can come into a ministry that makes one person or two people or three people be the focal point of ministry. And everyone else is kind of left out being a spectator in the church and never really activated and released to flow prophetically. And, and But the ministry was never designed to be monopolized or never to be designed to be controlled by one, two, three, or four people or family or few people. God wants all of his people to, to prophesy. We know in Mark chapter 16, it says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall take up serpents. They shall uh, speak in new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And of course, the emphasis again is speaking in tongues. When you pray in tongues, sing in tongues, speak in tongues, you're already in the prophetic realm because you're speaking by inspiration. The only challenge is how to begin to move in a known language, your language, how to how to prophesy where people can speak, where people can understand it. And, and, and to make that transition is not very difficult because in Romans chapter 12, it says that he that prophesies, let him prophesy according to the proportion of his faith. A lot of people, when it comes to the prophetic, they, they lack faith in this area. And we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if it's not preached or taught, then faith doesn't come to move in these realms. We did not start prophesying to a great degree in our local assembly until I, as a leader, began to teach and minister on this subject. Even though we were Pentecostal, we believed in speaking in tongues, we had an occasional prophetic utterance. It wasn't anything consistent until I decided as a leader that I wanted the church to move in a greater prophetic realm. And so I began to teach on this subject uh, 25 years ago. I began to train and activate and help people move in the prophetic uh, in a greater way. And it, it transformed our church. We have a prophetic word for you, and that's why we need you to reserve your seat for the five-day Master the Prophetic Challenge, the year of the double. Go to mydoubleyear.com. That's M-Y-D-O-U-B-L-E-Y-E-A-R.com.